Nimble with numbers here, Scott Simpson. Thank you for joining me on this beautiful fall Saturday afternoon. Uh, I am super excited. I get, uh, some would say, maybe the, the better half or, or hopefully the better half in this matchup uh, of the of the FF Faceoff crew. Uh, I have Mr. Anthony Servino himself here to take me down to avenge um, you know, Mr. Michael Hoff's uh, implosion last week. It wasn't pretty. Uh, thank you for coming on, sir. I appreciate it. Really excited to get you on the DFS Money Shot. Welcome. Hey, thanks for having me, Scott. And, and I'm here to avenge Mike's loss. You know, um, we need to come out of this on, on a positive note. We have a reputation over at the FF Faceoff. So uh, I'm looking to win this week. Now, I, I'm really excited. Let, let people know, you know, I know who you are because I've been following you for a while and you're all over the place on the fantasy football map. You're doing lots of great stuff all around. Let people know where they can find you and, and what work you're doing right now. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at The Real NFL Guru. You can follow the show at the FF Faceoff. And I'm on all the top social media and podcast platforms. I'm a head writer over at GridironExperts.com where I, I'm in my fourth year doing a uh, a weekly sleepers column. I'm in the Fantasy Pros ECR. Tough start this year. I'm 48th overall on the season after coming in 15th. Uh, in season and 15th uh, in the draft rankings last year. So I'm looking to get going. Uh, hopefully it starts this week. And I'm also uh, going to be starting a new project. I'm not going to announce it right now, uh, but, it, but it's going to be with the sports betting landscape. So I'm kind of branching from fantasy into sports uh, betting. You know, that that is my language. I got to tell you, not to plug my other pods while I'm on here, but tomorrow I'll definitely be doing uh, the, the prop, Profits. So I do a prop betting show that that is looking at particularly, uh, you know, over unders, rushing, receiving, passing, stuff like that. So I'm intrigued when that gets off the ground. Please let me know, Anthony. I'm really excited that you are here today. Uh, so thank you for joining me, sir. Yeah, thanks again for having me. Now, it's going to be great. So for those who don't know, if this is your first time, let me explain the show. Uh, Anthony and I are going up against each other in a DFS DK matchup head to head. For 50 bucks, I let the, the guests choose how much they want to uh, go at me for. So we start at 10, you do 10, 20, 50, or 109 because, you know, DK's got to make their loot. And so they, they give you that jack up little nine bucks. So they can give you your 200 if, if you win that big one yet. No one has done the big one yet. I will, before we jump in with Anthony, I will go back to last week and, and update what did happen. I did beat Michael uh, 144.1 to 111. It wasn't even close. I went with the Russell Wilson, uh, Tyler Lockett stack, and that was just the end of him. It, it was the end of everybody. If you didn't have that, you didn't win anything, really, big time. Uh, and if you did have that and you also stacked DK Metcalf, you might have won the Millie Maker, or you might be Pete Overzet, and you might have won, you know, got third place, got 10K in, in the, uh, the spy. So that is what I did last week, and my record is now 2-1. and one. I've beaten... The FF intervention, my man Chase Vernon. I lost to my staff writer, Bo McBigtime, who put it to me the first week. So I'm hoping to go three and one, but I got a really tough opponent this week, somebody who knows their stuff. And Bo McBigtime is your guy. He was all over my stream yesterday. I love Bo McBigtime. So shout out to Bo. Yeah. Thanks for, uh, for all the engagement uh, when we were live yesterday. He, he is one of the best. He knows his stuff, he makes an amazing hot sauce. It's called Hot Box Batch. It's at hotboxbatch.com. I'm in a league with Fantasy Stoner, 
uh, and it's Fancy Stoner's uh, Dynasty League. He invited me in. Bo was another member of that league. Uh, in our relationship building, he shared bottles of hot sauce with league members. I fell in love with the hot sauce and Bo as just as a guy, great guy. And he's my head writer over there. I mean, I'm the head writer, but he's the he he's writing and he's crushing. He wrote an article yesterday. He has an article out today. So I'm glad he's jumping on your stuff too because he is a head. He loves fantasy football. Uh, and uh, yeah, so he beat me. He put he put it to me the first week. So very cool. All right. So here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna jump into it. Uh, Anthony submitted his lineup. I submitted my lineup. We've we've dragged those lineups out of the DK uh, website. We put them on my website here, and we're gonna reveal them one by one. So let's start off with our QBs, and we're both going Matthew Stafford. Anthony, what do you what do you like in this matchup this week? You know, the biggest thing is I believe this Lions offense in the offseason. I picked the Lions to win that division, and I'm not jumping off that boat just yet because it's a young year, and he's just now getting Kenny Galladay back, and I expect this offense to really take off. But what I really love here, it's home. And this Saints defense, you know, they're not playing like we usually see them play, but they're usually a better defense at home. They're on the road. No Marshawn Lattimore. I, I think Matthew Stafford is going to have his breakout game in 2020 this week. No, I, I agree. I love that. And being priced at 5,900, it's just, it, it feels like it's too easy. You see it there. You're like, wait, should I? No, that's a trick. That's a trick. I'm not going to do it. But no, it's not. It's right there for you. And I, I did it too. Uh, for those who are listening on the podcast, I had to go with him. I have up right now the, the cornerback matchups this this week. This is from Rotoviz. Uh, and, and if we go down to you're looking at that Detroit New Orleans game, uh, th that's it's not going to be a great matchup, uh, you know, for the Saints. You know, Lattimore is out; he's their best cornerback. Uh, Janoris Jenkins isn't great, and you know, I think that their other cornerback is out too. They're missing two cornerbacks this week. It's going to be a, a, a light them up, big time score fest, in, in my opinion. And so I think you want those points. You want them from somebody who is going to sling it around, and I think they're. Their run offense has been suspect. I mean, Adrian Peterson, uh, he he is a guy off the street compared to uh, two second round picks before him that just didn't pan out. That that team is not an uh, an offensive run oriented team, and they got their weapons back. Galladay is six thousand. That that's just a prelude. I'm I'm, I'm guessing you know we're both kind of thinking that same way, but I don't I don't want to give anything away. So I like that. Let's jump down to. Our first RB, and so far we're two for two. <laughs> I like it. We both have Alvin Kamara in that that RB1 role. Talk about Alvin Kamara this week. You know, Alvin Kamara, we've seen it last week, how involved he was, especially as a receiver. There's no Michael Thomas again, and I think we're going to see a, a ton of Alvin Kamara. This offense is going to run through Alvin Kamara like it does anytime Michael Thomas is not on the field, uh, and he should have his way with that Detroit defense, because Matthew, uh, Matt Patricia, he's supposed to be a defensive guru. We have not seen that uh, now in his third year with the Detroit Lions. So I expect another big game out, out of Alvin Kamara. And Kamara, if you remember last year, he was in that number one overall conversation with Z, Christian McCaffrey, and Saquon Barkley. This year, I, I've seen people take Clyde Edwards-Hilaire over – uh, Alvin Kamara, and, and it was uh, such a, a – it was so mind-blowing to see that. And finally, Kamara's healthy, and he's playing like that number one overall fantasy asset that people thought he was a year ago. Yeah, no, I agree 100%. And I think what what we 
this is a cool thing about DFS. Uh, you know, season long dynasty, there's a lot of different perspectives and lenses that you can view players through. And I, what I love about DFS is it really makes you take in the data from, from, I mean, it, it's a big picture, but it's what's happening right now in the, in the zeitgeist of these players and really understanding them. And then, and then relating them to a monetary value. So what I pulled up here is my own scoring tool that I've created. You can find it at nimblewnumbers.com each week. It'll have all the players in all the DraftKings. Everybody who scored a point this year in DraftKings is in the chart from each position. Uh, and I have a little value-based system here uh, that kind of just rates the players based on their their points scored so far this year compared compared to their pricing. And Alvin Kamara just jumps off the page. His value is is the he's only three players that are over one. And he's 1.37. Everybody else is kind of in lower tier, you know, 0.89, 0.88. You know, getting over uh, the hump with somebody who's going to max value. And, and his, his cost is 8000 this week. But, you know, I see him getting over that 24.3 max threshold. He could be getting 30, 32. He got 47 last week. You know, so I, I love that play. And I feel like if you didn't have that play, I'd be disappointed. Um, but you, you pass the test. I pass the test. And then we can get to our next pick, and and maybe there'll be a different pick on this one. Let's let's see how we're looking here. Um, pulling it down. Oh, we do good. Oh, good. We're not going to have the exact same team. Talk about uh, David Johnson uh, at home against. I mean, did Minneapolis? I mean, I'm sorry. Did Minnesota practice this week? Do they even get on a, a field? Have they put pads on, or are they still locked out of their facility? You know, whether they practiced or not, there's going to be a game. They are going to play a game. But and I love David Johnson. I actually love all of the Houston Texans offense. They started slow, but this is a matchup where I think, just like how you said about Matthew Stafford and Detroit, I really see Deshaun Watson and his entire offense getting going. And David Johnson had a good week one. I, I thought we were going to see more of that through the first three weeks, and we haven't. Uh, this Minnesota defense – I was down on them all offseason long. They lost a ton of pieces. It seemed like most of them all went to Cincinnati. Uh, but, yeah, they brought Yannick and Dockway, and a lot of the NFL community, the fantasy football community, thought he was going to be the savior. They weren't taking into consideration all of those depth losses, and they yeah. have stars at all three levels. But last week or maybe the week before, they lost one of their linebackers, their best linebacker, I believe, Anthony Barr for the year. Yeah. Um, David Johnson is going to have a big-time game this week. He's going to catch a lot of balls, I believe. And this should be a shootout with these two offenses. Yeah, yeah, and I like what you were saying. I think that that second level, and and, and we understand a little bit when, when we see a tight end kind of get loose and you're like, oh, this team has uh, linebackers that struggle, you know, or you see a guy get open down the, the seam, you're like, oh, that, they have a team that struggles with a safety. Well, how does that impact, you know, when you're looking at, a running back. Well, once David Johnson clears the line and there's no Anthony Barr to wrap up and make sure he doesn't get through, he, he's not falling down for three yards. He's mm -hmm. falling down for eight, nine, ten yards. I mean, it sounds it sounds silly, but that one or two second difference or that fraction of a, a hole closing and, and, and there's not an all pro there on the other side to, to stop you, it matters. And I think you're really right. If he can get past that line and get into the second level, he's going to have those 15-yard runs where there's one or two guys to stop him. And maybe somebody doesn't stop him and he gets a long chunk run, maybe a 30-yard touchdown. So I love that play. And, and, and not to interrupt, they're using David Johnson as a three-down back. If you take Duke Johnson in week one, you know, week two against Baltimore, no other running back had a touch. And then last week, uh, Cullen, Gillespie, and C.J. Proceis combined for two touches. 
This right. is David Johnson's backfield. Yeah. It's just a matter of are they going to give him the touches for him to be productive? Yeah, and and last week you're going up against the Steelers' defense that they had to exploit through the yeah. air look because no one's running on them. You can't do it. Well, look at Kansas City uh, in week one. That is a very underrated defense. They're, yeah. they're a lot better than what people think they are. I feel like people still think that Kansas City is still that team from 2018 and Patrick Mahomes has to throw for 50 touchdowns for this team to win. Kansas City no. can win multiple ways. And Steve Spagnola, we, we saw that last year with a Super Bowl win and a lot to do, a lot had to do with Steve. Uh, week two against Baltimore, a very good defense. Week three against Pittsburgh. You're getting Minnesota, one of the worst defenses in the league. Watch out for uh, for Houston this week. Yeah. No, I I, I think that's an excellent play. Uh, and, and I think the also, and even though we, we went with Stafford, I think if, if you're going to stack, and we always do stack because stacking is how you win games, um, you know, if you look at Deshaun Watson this week and you put him with maybe a David Johnson and then, you know, Brandon Cooks or Will Fuller stack, you, you, you get a potential, you know, passing touchdown, a screen touchdown. Yeah, I think there's a lot of touchdowns in that game as well. There's a, there's a lot of games that are just going to pop this week. Uh, the, the, the Vegas, uh, you know, finally has caught up. If I pulled up the uh, the fantasy labs over under for this week and just kind of showing the the projections and uh, their their projections have never been higher, which they're finally catching up. You know, with the implied total for some of these teams, it's through the roof. You know, and I think we're going to see a lot of scoring, and and that's what you want to do. You want to capitalize. Uh, Houston is expected to score twenty seven. You know, around twenty eight points in this game. Who's going to score them? Well, Deshaun Watson's probably going to score some. You know, so is probably Will Fuller. So is probably you know maybe Jordan Akins as a, as a long shot. But David Johnson has a great chance to get a touchdown or two in this game against a really bad defense who can give up a lot of runs on the on the ground. Derrick Henry did it last week. So yeah, I love this play. Um, on my side, real quick, I'll pivot. Going back to the the DFS money sheet here, I've got Jonathan Taylor. It, it's it's against a tough run defense, but. I'm not sold on Chicago being um, that good of a team. They're they're three and one, I believe, or four and zero. Oh. They four and zero oh or three. And, what were they? Three and zero. Oh? The three and zero. Oh. The Colts? No, the, the the Bears. They're three and zero, oh, right? They're, yeah, they're undefeated. Yeah, they're undefeated. I think they're the weakest of the undefeated teams by far. And I feel like you know the Colts are going to be running the football. They can't they can't trust Phil Rivers to throw the ball. He's not that good as a quarterback. I also think that he's going to throw the ball when he does underneath, you know, whether it's more Alley Cox or you're getting Jack Doyle back or maybe my guy, Jonathan Taylor. So I'm hoping there's some passes involved in this and he can max out. He's at 6,600. If he can hit the 20 point plateau, I feel strong about that play against you. I'm not trying to crush you with Jonathan Taylor. I'm just trying to keep up because I think I'm going to need to keep up in this matchup. What do you think about Jonathan Taylor? I like Jonathan Taylor. You know, he is going to dominate that backfield touches. Now, Naheem Hines, I think he's going to take some of the, the from uh, some of the passing work. But you have to expect to slow this game down a little bit. Uh, Jonathan Taylor is going to get 20 plus carries or at least he should. Yeah. I mean, the, the thing that comes down to it for, for a lot of these running backs is, you know, they're going to get 20, 18, 20 touches. 
if they find the end zone. That's what we're looking for here. In Anthony's matchup, David Johnson does have a lot of upside to find the end zone. And Jonathan Taylor does too because that he's their primary goal lineback. He's getting those touches inside the 10 and the green zone, I think they're calling it now. That's what we want. So I think both of our running backs have strong upside so far. So I don't think there's a huge edge. And Taylor has a higher floor than David Johnson because if that offense implodes – and they're going to be throwing it all over the place. I am worried about Johnson's overall upside and his floor, where you know Jonathan Taylor, they're going to lean on him. Yeah. Well, you can't lean on Phillip Rivers. This is a crazy stat. In the last last season and this season combined, he has seven drive-killing fourth-quarter last possession interceptions. That's just, that's just back-breaking stuff from Phillip Rivers. I feel like he's squeezing it too hard when he's shuttlecocking it out. And he just needs to kind of relax a bit because you can't force things in in those last drives. So I want the ball in, in Taylor's hands in this game. And if, if I see the ball in Phil, Philippers' hands 30, 40 times, I'm going to be dismayed. I'm going to hope that somehow my guy still pulls it out. So I, that that's the game script that I'm hoping for. But Chicago has a new quarterback. He came in against Atlanta. Indianapolis is not Atlanta. So let's just, you know, we'll, we'll leave it there. No, uh, but but the, the Bears aren't the Jets either. No, that is true. I like that. That's a good call. And no Malik Hooker. No Malik Hooker. I, I think that that's big for Chicago's passing attack. And also Jimmy Graham, who I love this week. Yeah, Jimmy Graham yeah, is so, a reply. And, and, you know, Indianapolis, they are giving up nothing to the tight end. They haven't really played a big-time tight end yet. Okay. And, and no Malik Hooker. I actually like Jimmy Graham as a sneaky touchdown play this week. If you're, if you're betting props, uh, I like Jimmy Graham's score. I, I love that. That's a great call. And I, I think you saw – like, this is the thing about the, the the fantasy football community. We see Jimmy Graham, we go, eh, he's not great. But the Bears see him, they go, he can do this one thing down near the goal line that no one else can do, and that he can jump higher and taller than everyone else because he's six six, and then we can throw him a touchdown. And you're like, oh, yeah, it's pretty simple thinking, but it works. So I, I also think that a, a, a versatile athletic tight end or a competent tight end, I'll even bring it there, that's the missing key to that Matt Nagy offense. If you go back to Kansas City, he had Kelsey. You're yeah. one in Chicago when they made that playoff run. Trey Burton was healthy. Mm -hmm. And then last year, they, had, they were banged up all over the place. That offense didn't look the same. All of a sudden, you bring in Jimmy Graham. They're 3-0, and and they're moving to football. Yeah. It's yeah. The, the tight end is the key to Matt Nagy's offense. No, and I actually drafted Trey Burton when he went to Chicago. I love Trey Burton. I do Philly. too. Yeah, no, he, I know. I'm really disappointed that he, you know, he going into the season injured, you know, finally getting healthy. He may play this week. I'm not sure. I haven't checked. Yeah, they, they called him up. They activated him from okay, IR. Good. good. He's off of IR. Um, you know, I, I really like him. Let's jump down to our wide receiver one, and I've just pulled down. Ah, we, we did kind of talk about uh, this game earlier. I like it. So, Will Fuller is your wide receiver one. You did mention this game earlier. Talk about what you see in Will Fuller. I went back and forth. I actually had a different lineup in earlier in the day, and then I moved it around. Um, and, and Will Fuller, I, I like him a little bit more than Brandon Cooks this week because Cooks is that other receiver I was going to use from Houston. And, you know, this isn't the same old Will Fuller where he would either give you 25 or he would give you five. He is the number one receiver in this offense. He's getting targets in two out of three games played this year. Uh, Will Fuller has been extremely effective and has given you a high floor, and he still brings that high ceiling. And, and again, you get the – the Minnesota Vikings, they can't stop anybody. So this could be that game where Will Fuller gives you 25-30. Yeah, and those those touchdowns, they need to come for him. 
and they haven't come yet. So this could be, like you said, the, the, when he's got two, you feel great. You know, you're just like, of course, I played Will Fuller. So I, I love that. Um, I went on the other side, somebody who maybe isn't going to get a lot of touchdowns, but he had 19 targets last week. He's he's getting about 40% of the target share on his team since Justin Herbert was named the starter after uh, Tarod or Tyrod was stabbed by the doctor from the Simpsons, who also uh, works for uh, the, the, the Chargers. Uh, and so uh, I love Keenan Allen this week primarily because he just gets so much volume. And he is the guy that, that, that Herbert is, is targeting downfield when it's not Hunter Henry. He's that second level, that 10 to 15-yard guy he's seeing. And, and I love uh, those underpriced plays. And, and, and 6,500? That's crazy. Like, he should be around 6,900, maybe 7,000. But I'm not going to – you know, the DraftKings gods giveth, and I accept. So that's my view on him. What do you think about Keenan Allen this week? You know, coming into the year, I was down on Keenan Allen because of Tyrod Taylor. And it seemed like everybody was down on him because this is a guy normally in the wide receiver one conversation. You can get him in the fifth and sixth rounds in, you know, in PPR leagues and 12-team leagues. And we saw it in week two begin when uh, when the rookie quarterback came in. He's throwing the ball all over the field, and I know Anthony Lynn cannot wait for Tyrod Taylor to be healthy, but as long as Justin Herbert's the quarterback, I mean, look at Keenan Allen last week, 19 targets. Week two, 10 targets. I'm all in on Keenan Allen. I just don't love this matchup going against Tampa Bay. They're a much improved defense than they were last year, uh, and the cornerback matchup is what he's expected to see: Sean Murphy bunting, and he's ranked as the 25, 25th best cornerback over at Player Profiler. Yeah, no, it, it's going to be one of those games where I, I don't think Justin Herbert has a good game. I think that Tampa Bay's defense does pick off Herbert at least once, maybe twice. This could be a pick six game, which I hate to, to say that. But uh, I think that just on sheer volume, it's going to be a good day for Allen. I could see Allen getting, you know, maybe six for 11, maybe 98 yards and a touchdown. That would be a stellar for me. Uh, uh, but, I mean, that's that's kind of the, the, the ceiling. You know, the floor is, you know, Three catches for 35 yards. So it is that that is my one play where um, I'm chasing a little bit, honestly. But I do think that Justin Herbert has shown so far that he is at more accurate than I think we thought he was going to be. I, I'll be honest with you. What you shared about um, Keenan Allen, I did too. And in, in the 70,000 dynasty leagues I joined, I don't have that much Keenan Allen. Like I have none because I just didn't think that he was going to be fitting in with that offense in the way that we, we kind of think it, it was going to we, we The game script in our minds was they're going to target Eckler a lot. Mm-hmm. They're going to go to Henry. They're not going to go to Allen. And and Tyra Taylor, he, he would have done that. And you showed it in the first game. And so I love Justin Herbert being a game changer. I hope Anthony Lynn does not take him out. That would be, that'd be bad for fantasy. But I could definitely see. That's an NFL move, though. You know, so. I could see yeah, it happening. Uh, Anthony Lynn's trying to win football games, not uh, us fantasy championships and DFS weeks. I mean, come on, man. What, what's the priorities here? You know, so, <laughs> well, let's jump down to, oh, the next receiver we both have, what we're going to share in this. It's Kenny Galladay at 6,000, 6K. What are they thinking this week? I don't understand. You know, Kenny Galladay, I, I was on a fence with him last week going going up against Arizona, one of, one of the better pass defenses against fantasy receivers, and he still managed 
uh, 17.7 PPR points, uh, finished as a wide receiver 22, and this is Galladay's first game back, and there was uncertainty if he was even going to be playing at 100%, and, and now the, the schedule opens up a little bit. I, I mean, the yeah, the schedule opens up, and he's getting the Saints. No more Sean Lattimore. Uh, again, the secondary is not playing anywhere like they did in, in the years past. And I think Kenny Galladay has the opportunity to finish as the overall wide receiver one this week. No, I, I love that. And and this is the thing that's nuts about Detroit. Even though there's the home fans. Yeah, he's getting Patrick Robinson. That is the expected cornerback matchup I am seeing. Yeah, no, it, it's terrible. It, it, and he is last week when he went went into the goal line and when he went for that touchdown, you just saw he's back. He's back. Like he's he's the guy you want down by the goal mm-hmm. line. He's the red zone target in this offense. He's who Stafford's looking for when he gets into that that red zone green zone area. And so I think it's a great call this week. And also he's so cheap. He's never going to be this cheap again. Like have you ever seen? I, I he was seven thousand dollars last year. Six sixty eight hundred. All yeah. He, he, what six thousand? I will take it to the bank. Uh, and so so far we both passed the test of of, of not letting great value. Uh, leave our our cues as we've been building our teams. Hopefully, we didn't pick the same wide receiver for wide receiver three, and my mouse cooperates, and I can actually use it to come down here. Yeah, there we go. All right, so let's check out our last wide receiver. Oh, we got Hunter Renfro and Marvin Jones Jr. I went with the double stack. Talk about what you see in Hunter Renfro this week against the Buffalo Bills. Uh, we, we have no rugs. Rugs is doubtful. Let's just call rugs out. You don't go from doubtful to in. I, I've never seen that before. So, you know, basically he is their wide receiver one, notwithstanding Darren Waller. The reason why I love Hunter Renfro this week, and, you know, he's going to have the opportunity. Uh, he played well last week w- when he was giving that opportunity, but now you have no rugs. You're going to have no Brian Edwards. We know Tyrell Williams was placed on IR in the preseason, but the thing that I really love is the matchup. In Buffalo, you would normally think they have a pretty good defense, right? Well, they can't cover the slot receiver. Week one, uh, seven of 13, buck 15 and one of Jameson Crowder. Week two, Isaiah Ford. 7 and 9 for 76. And then last week, Cooper Cup had his uh, breakout game of the year, 9 of 10 of Bucko, 7 and 1. Uh, I'm all in on Hunter Renfro at that price point and, and that potential ceiling. And again, no, that, even if uh, Isaiah Ford is the floor, that's not going to, you know, he's not going to bust. No, no. And I mean, he, they've been giving up, just so you can put a, a point on that, they've been giving up 20.4 average points to the slot receiver. I mean, that's ridiculous. That's so many points. All those catches that you shared, all those yards, that, that equates to 20 points. It's not a slam dunk, but if, if Renfro does that, then he's four-maxing out there. And he's a good football player. Yes, he you is. Know, I, I know in the offseason, everybody was in and on the on the hype of, of Ruggs and, and, and Brian Edwards, and Hunter Renfro was pushed to the wide receiver four when everybody was helped, and it was such a head-scratcher because last year, I, I believe he was their most productive receiver all, all around. Yeah. No. And I think what happens is that we see the talent. I mean, I, I bought the rugs hype too. I have him in a couple of leagues. He's dynamic. I have the, I, I'm in on rugs. Yeah. Ryan Edwards. Yeah. If he was all that good. He would have went higher. Yeah, exactly. No, I, you can't buy into that hype. Um, I, I think on my, my side with Marvin Jones Jr. I, um, I love Marvin Jones Jr. Because of this, I did a project this past off season where I looked at the last five seasons of, Wide receiver ones drafted on a team compared to wide receiver ones finish on a team. 
And Marvin Jones stood out as somebody who was way, 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 way undervalued. And, and I looked more into his stats. And one of the reasons was is because his games are like lollipop. Like it's just up and down. He's not consistent. And so that's great for DFS. That's not great for your, your season long. And so I think sometimes people, he's, they, they play him. They don't play him. He sucks. He's not good. I think this is one of the weeks you play him with two cornerbacks out for the Saints. You know, and no Marshawn Lattimore, like you said, for Galladay. They've got nobody who's going to be covering either of these receivers. Uh, you know, it, this is going to be a, a shootout, I believe. I heard one of the, another analyst on a, on another website, another podcast share. They could maybe see them getting 150 plays in this game. That'd be nuts. I mean, that would just be, you know, ceiling, ceiling, ceiling. But I hope it happens. So I'm kind of hoping that it, it shoots. Um, let's jump to tight ends. And... Oh, my goodness. Here's what's great. Uh, we just pulled back Darren Waller for my lineup and TJ Hawkinson. So we're, we're in the same games. We're, we're thinking the same kind of script. We're just going about it different ways. You have the Renfro-Hawkinson stack. I have the Jones-Waller stack. Talk about Hawkinson this week because he's fire. Yeah, this is another pure matchup play for me, going against the same secondary, uh, giving up the most fantasy points per game to the tight end so far through three games. There are all sorts of banged up. I feel like we keep going back to that narrative, but we have to. It's home for Detroit. Uh, and TJ Hawkinson has given us a, a solid double-digit PPR point floor through three games. Yeah. No, and, and, and quietly, this is the thing about it. Quietly, he is a, a top 10 tight end. You know what I mean? He's got 16, 10. You know, he, he's able to get that touchdown, those receptions. I think this is a great game for him. I can see him maxing out to his 4,800 price. If he gets over 15, 16, 17 points, he's going to help win you this matchup. I, I hope he kind of doesn't, though. But I, 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 my, the other guy I had in was Mark Andrews at, at 6K. And sure, his matchup is outstanding. And I think he could potentially have a big time game. But outside of week two, week one, where he finished as a tight end two, he's finished as a tight end 31 and a tight end 34. There's absolutely no floor here. He's either going to have a monster game, uh, at least so far this year, or he's going to give you nothing. I don't want to pay $6,000 for that out of my uh, DK money. No, I think you're 100% right. And he, he's being priced as the third highest, and he's performing at the 15th highest. So that discrepancy, it doesn't lend yourself, especially in a, in a cash game, a head-to-head -head game where you just have to beat one person. You're not looking out on limbs. And, and that was my kind of strategy where I went with Darren Waller. I know he laid an egg last week, but Belichick is known to bracket and to, to kind of control. And, and, and Darren Waller was a little banged up. So I'm hoping this week that Darren Waller gets those targets instead of Hunter Renfro. And that what's going to happen in our matchup is if Marvin Jones gets the targets uh, and, and Darren Waller gets the targets, I'm favored. If, if Hunter Renfro gets the targets and Hawkinson gets the lead, then and you're favored. So it, it's a game. This game is a pivot for, for both of us. We're going to be watching this game with bated breath. It's going to determine our matchup. No, it really is. Yeah, I love it. What do you think about Waller this week? He is going to be chalky, especially in big tournaments and stuff like that. But in, in our matchup, what do you think about him? I mean, for what, what is he, 52? I can't see that on the screen. Yes, sir. Yeah, 52. I mean, again, I, for what he brings ceiling and floor-wise, I, I think that's a great price for him. Uh, he's getting Buffalo, and, and I don't know what it is about this Buffalo defense, but they're just not playing up to par. Maybe it's because Josh Allen's having an MVP-type season, and this is a lot of garbage-time production, but garbage-time production still counts. Uh, and I think Derek Carr is going to have to pass a lot to keep up with this Buffalo offense. 
Yeah, no, I think you're right. I think that the game script too for Buffalo has been they wanted to was Waller, Renfro, and and what? That's Devonta it. Booker. That's it. Yeah, no, and, and maybe Josh Jacob gets a few ca- ca- you know catches here and there, but you know th- this game to me has. Uh, just the potential for a back and forth type narrative. Maybe it's not 35, 28, but maybe, maybe it is. And, and Buffalo, they let Miami score, you know, the first, the, the second week they, they, they were, they were in the game, you know, and then last week the Rams came back and the points were scored in those games. Scoring across the league is up. I like the pace of play that, uh, you know, Buffalo is bringing, they're faster this year. They're passing the ball. They're moving the ball downfield. They're, they're a better, uh, more efficient offense. So I hope this game does shoot, and, and we got pieces uh, in this game to do it. We'll just have to see where where it goes, where that kind of juice goes in the game. I like it. All right, let's jump down to our flex. Ooh, you got a nice big old juicy flex there. Uh, and then we'll wrap it up with the defense and give our overall lean. Uh, my flex, I'll just share, I only had 3,600 left because I went a little higher with Keenan Allen and Jonathan Taylor. So my flex is Rob Gronkowski in a game where I feel like he's not just a blocking tight end. And last week kind of showed he's, he's getting a little bit more rhythm with Tom. So I'm hoping for a touchdown. I think if, if, that, if I get it, I got a good chance to compete against you. If I don't get it, it might undo me. But what do you think about Gronkowski? And then we'll introduce your guy after that. I'm in on Gronk, right? Because there was a report last week when, oh, we brought him in to be a blocking. And right then and there, I said, okay, whatever the over for passing, for receiving yards, I'm going to go bet that. Yeah. Because you knew they were going to go to Gronk. And now you have no Chris Godwin. I'm not sure of Scotty Miller's status yet. I don't know if he's officially ruled out or if he's still questionable. But there's going to be a lot of opportunities for these uh, Tampa Bay tight ends. And it could really go either way. But this might be that game where Gronk finally gets going and gets into into the end zone. Yeah, I'm hopeful. I think your flex will outscore mine. Talk about Darrell Henderson Jr. against the Giants this week. He's priced at 5,800. I think it's a great value. Talk about it. Yeah, I mean, the way Darrell Henderson is playing in the past two games, you know, Malcolm Brown had that big week one, uh, and then he is nowhere to be found. Cam Akers is ruled out again, and even when Cam Akers played for that short time, he didn't exactly look the part. And all of a sudden, Darrell Henderson, who hasn't done anything uh, in his career, finally emerges back-to-back games with over 100 total yards and a touchdown. You get a great matchup with the New York Giants. So I'm in on Darrell Henderson. I I think he can make it three straight going over 100 total with a score. No, I think that's that's totally accurate. And I actually had him in the Jonathan Taylor spot. That was my last decision of the day. I love him too. He is in other lineups that I have as my RB2. And so to have him as your flex, I think is very strong. And and I was feeling good. I was feeling like I kind of maybe had the edge or, or I had the potential, but that pick right there just, you know, to me leveled it, made it very even. Uh, hopefully the defenses, you know, both give us an edge, but I, I'm guessing that we'll still be pretty close because, you know, you're a really smart guy and uh, I listen to lots of smart guys online. So, you know, it's, it's, we're, we're, we're both getting there. Let's see what we got for, for the defensive pick, our last selection. Oh, I like it. You have the Colts up against the rookie. I'm uh, sorry, the, the Buccaneers up against the rookie, Justin Herbert, in uh, the L.A. Chargers game. Talk to me about the Bucs. Um, the rookie quarterback. That That's really the selling point because as good as Justin Herbert looks, you said it earlier, this could be that game where he has a pick six. And, and I'm trying to pull up um, uh, on my phone because I can't find it on my computer. Uh, what exactly Tampa Bay has done in the past two weeks, I think they've 
uh, that de- defense special teams giving back to back games with at least fifteen points. Yep. Yeah. So that, and, and you're getting the the Chargers and a yep. rookie quarterback. Yeah. Week two they gave up. They had fourteen points in week two, and then week three they had eighteen. So yeah, yeah I mean that that they are the third uh, ranked defense. And then when you go to actually look at their their pricing compared to that, they're, they're way down. They're, they're can, way underpriced. You should have, and people should have seen this coming. I remember at the end of the year, I think it was like right around December on, on the FF faceoff, and I think Mike kind of rolled his eyes a little bit. I said, if this Tampa Bay defense, if they get a new quarterback, this is going to be a top 10 defense next year. Their yeah. front seven was outstanding, and, and their secondary was young. And also, Jameis Winston, 30-plus turnovers. That's going to make any defense look bad when you're playing against those short fields and Jameis Winston, all those pick sixes. Uh, they count against the defense. Yeah. All of a sudden, you bring in Tom Brady. He's not really going to turn the ball over. And, and all of a sudden, we see this defense playing up to their talent. Yeah. Well, if you're going to get them you know, as, as the 10th, you know, cheapest or the 10th priciest defense and they're the third ranked uh and they have a rookie quarterback i think that is a great matchup and i think that's a that's a that's a a good combative matchup for my defense i got the colts in there against nick Foles and the bears i'm not i'm still not a big believer in the bears i i i struggle i struggle with matt Nagy. i know they have been playing better but i feel like they have not faced a really strong defense yet and i think you know they came back against detroit detroit's not a good defense guys just you know that's that's another reason new orleans is, is probably going to eat and that's why we have uh, you know kamar in the in the in the rb1 spot for both of us that that game is going to go up a little bit and so i, I like the colts though because i think chicago is, is going to be ripe for the picking and i think that defense is going to be uh strong so malik hooker being out does hurt but I, I, there's no one else at that price that I think I can I can get that value at. They're the top rated defense, and they're the 11th price defense, which well, I don't understand. You know, I, I get it with the Coles, right? But they they handled the Jets. You know, Minnesota had uh, what a a decent game. Uh, you know, Dalvin Cook had a decent game. But the Jacksonville Jaguars game in Week One, the loss, Gardner Minshew looking like a superstar. That yeah. worries me. That shows me that the Colts they could be broken. And Chicago, they're playing with confidence. Three and zero. Nick Foles. It looks like these wide receivers have come to life. If they can get anything going on the ground, I am going to be a little bit worried about that defense. That is that. That just might be the edge that you needed. Let's talk about as we wrap up. Where you see these two teams next to each other? Who do you think has the edge going into the matchup tomorrow? I, I think it's close. It's real close. You know, I, I think it's close. I, I think the biggest uh, difference is going to be David Johnson for me. Ooh, I like that. And and for me, what I'm seeing is if if, if uh, Darren Waller pops, that might be the biggest difference for me compared to Hunter Renfro. I, I need Hunter Renfro's targets to go to Darren Waller. You need him to go to Hunter Renfro. Um, and then that Hawkinson, you know, Marvin Jones Jr. split with the targets. Those, those are those pressure points that I think are going to decide our matchup. You know, I, I, and our our two biggest, you know, boom bust players for me it's David Johnson. For you, it's Gronk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. G- guys who they have the potential, but we, we don't know what they're going to do just yet. So, no, this this has been excellent, Anthony. I appreciate it. I I hope that you can avenge Michael. Just so you know, I reached out to him today on Twitter, DM'd him, said, "Hey, you want to run it back? I uh, always want to give somebody a chance to run it back." And then he just went, oh, man, you know, hmm. 
Uh, and I said, we could do it for like five bucks, you know? So I, I'm always looking for the redemption angle. And I like how you're here. Uh, he is your brother in arms. Uh, real quick, before you get out of here, uh, plug your stuff one more time. Let people know where they can find you uh, and the work you're doing. Um, again, uh, Anthony Servino at the Real NFL Guru on Twitter at the FFA off, uh, uh, you know, on Twitter and all the other uh, social media and podcast platforms. Uh, I do my weekly sleepers over at GridironExperts.com. You can find my rankings over at GridironExperts.com. Uh, I forgot to mention earlier uh, the FFA off Podathon, which we did in July. We raised over six thousand dollars. We are aiming for a year two, uh, partnering with Hayden Hurst and his foundation. And of course, like I said earlier, tease it a little bit. We'll have sports betting content coming out very soon. Yeah. No, and I just got to say, you know, um, at family members who have been given and who are receiving mental health support, I, I really respect the work that you did. And I listened to that, not the whole thing, you know, because my wife doesn't let me have that much time. 18 hours. I know. I was, I was, I checked in several times. I was, you know, it was on Periscope. I was on YouTube. I was, you know, I, I really enjoyed all of the work that you guys did and the awareness that you raised and how you know, the, the goal really to support and care for people, uh, the humanization of everybody and, and how everyone matters. And I, I love that the moment that Dak had with, you know, Hayden Hurst a couple weeks ago, too. Um, you know, here's the thing about our brains that we don't we don't understand. We can't see what's going on in there for people. If you have a broken leg or a hurt arm or you know, you're unable to do something. It's it's obvious. We really need to understand the brain better. And I think it starts with being understanding and open and, and uh, learning from each other and coming together. And what you did was just so amazing and beautiful. I just want to say, you. you know, hopefully maybe next year I can come on and talk about how I, I beat you and Michael uh, every time. And we're going, we're, we're going 24 hours. So we're, we definitely are going to have a little bit more uh, time to uh, to allocate. Awesome. Well, I, I would be honored and I, I respect the work that you guys are doing and you can check them out, you know, all over Twitter. If you can't find Anthony Servino on Twitter, you're not trying. Same with Michael Hoff. They're there. They're on threads. They're jumping in. They're tweeting with you. They're active. So please check them out. Check me out at nimble num with nimblewnumbers.com uh, and then at, you know, nimblewnumbers on Twitter. This has been great. And I'll see you guys next week when we run it back with both Anthony and Michael in a grudge match. Somebody's grudging. Either me and you are grudging or both are grudging against me. So there'll be some grudging next week uh, and we'll see who takes it down. Thanks, guys. See ya. Thanks, Anthony. Thanks for having me.